What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Centers, Johnson is there, he shoots. It's 1-0. The Reds are going to be enraged. It's a great fast break. Kyoto setting up Alistair Johnson, but the Reds are going to say it should have been a handball. Barrero and the, the, the linesman and the fourth official are really getting it from Barrero. The Reds fall to defeat. Montreal sweeps the season series. Disappointment for Bruce Arena and his men. But uh, full credit to Wilfred Nancy in Montreal who can yuck it up. This is New England Soccer Weekly with Tom Quinlan, Nick Giuliano, and Mike DeSilva on 790 The Score. Happy Saturday, boys and girls. Did you get over that loss the other night? I don't like the way you said that. Yeah, I was. I, I've been over it. I think everybody's over it. Yeah, I think not? everybody's over it. And before, before Nick does his thing, what does that mean? Let's get this out of the way mm-hmm. because I don't want to hear about it the rest of the show. By the way, Mike, Nick, guys, how are you? Hey, good morning. Happy Saturday. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. The New England Revolution are not mathematically eliminated from MLS Cup playoffs Okay, yet. season's not over. Sad. But if you listen to the answer of Bruce Arena after the game they had the other night, talking about the team's competitiveness, and even if you just watch that game, you you know that this thing is is shot. This thing is over just these these and listen right now you are playing for something in in these last two games does this team want to make the playoffs i mean it, it it's a it's a legitimate question you have not had a win let's go back in time here the last time you had a win was against new york city fc and that came on september 5th so you're about 16 days ago from that one but even then i mean your stretch of games this year have just been so god awful this year has just been so god awful from top to bottom, that it's just, <laughs> you know, there are so many different places that you can really critique this team for how we got to this point. And I think the Bruce answer really summed it up perfectly. Mm. Because when you listen to the answer, and we'll, we'll play the clip in a second, it, if, he, if he's going down this road, I give him all the respect in the world. And I think everybody should be, you know, appreciative of, of, of that. But he's got to own all of this. All of this. Not bringing in a designated player that was ready to go. Not being more prepared for the Matt Turner situation, even though that's a side problem with U.S. soccer. More on that later. Um, Tommy Tease. Mm. Barrero, Veroni, they were not ready so, Altador, Omar. Altador, Omar, Sebastian. We're not fits. Tristison could never get in form. Mm. So yes, while you couldn't get guys on the field at a at the at the squad that you wanted, the depth that you had or have, because the season's not over yet. Not mathematically out yet. Boo. I look at the other night. And I'm looking at the starting lineups, 
and you and you look at what the Revolution have on their bench, and these are the names on their bench, because if this is where you're at, this is should be a reminder how poor the depth chart of this team is. Just had it right in front of me. Earl Edwards Jr. Ima Boateng, he's fine. Barrero can barely play. Nacho Hill hasn't seen more than 10 minutes of MLS action. Thanks for playing. Omar Gonzalez. Wilfred Captoom, meh. Maciel, we really don't know what he can bring. This year was definitely a down year for Maciel. Spalding, Vrioni. That's your bench. It was like a Francesa win-loss segment. Mm. Just going down the list, burying. It's not even that, but but if th- those are your options off the bench, there's nothing outside of Ema, in my opinion. There's not, there's no game changer w- w- within your roster. Agreed. You're not. I mean, you're not going to get a debate from me, Mike. Yeah, I mean that's definitely been the issue. But the problem is you don't really have a game changer in your starting lineup either. You're right. So we're... well, you would think Carlos is it should be a game changer, but I mean, yes. I, at this point, I really don't know how into it Carlos is here anymore. I I, I, I just I can't read the guy. I think he needs to be. He needs the uh, the team around him. He's uh, the position that he plays. He and this is what Alexi Lalas very famously said on our show that he didn't think he was Carlos Hill. He didn't think Carlos Hill was the MVP because he doesn't score as many goals as some of the other guys that were up there in the league last year. Well, it's because he's not a goal scorer. He is a guy who creates them, and he is the most important player on the Revolution team, mm-hmm. but the problem is he's only effective with what he has around him. It's like, you know, having a, a quarterback with no wide receivers. You know, it, it's it, you can't you can't expect him to go out there and do everything himself. You take away his uh, you know, leading goal scorer and a, the and other, Adam Buxa. And in Adam Buxa and then you have the other goal scorer who barely played this year and has been half of the per, half of the player that he's been in the past for the Revolution and you take away your dangerous wingers and then you bring in one that's not ready to play and you bring in a striker that's not ready to play either. I've said on this show since I've started that I'd be Car- frustrated if I'm Carlos Hill. Carlos Hill in my opinion watching the Revolution watching more MLS than I ever had in, have in the last 3 years. Carlos Hill is the best player that I've seen out of any team. Period. In saying that, over the last month. I've been disappointed with his play. I think he's been frustrated and disappointed with his play. And I'll give you an example. That game against Montreal goes differently mm. if he scores that goal. Why? He could have taken three touches. He was he was clear path to the goal. 100 out of 100 times that needs to be a goal. Because it wasn't a goal, that's a glaring issue. And that's been probably what you guys have been talking about the entire season. To me, that has to be a goal from anybody, but from the player I just described, it's it's inexcusable. Yeah, it and is. the complexion of that game would have been different if he scored that goal, which he should have. But then he doesn't, and then the rest of the team's looking around like, well, what else do we have to do? Yeah. Like we had a walk-in goal, and that didn't happen. You throw your hands up, you you lose, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, there was a few times. There was a few um, opportunities in that game that we were having a much different conversation. I still would not be very optimistic about this team, but you'd be having at least a much different conversation today uh, going into these final two games. But unfortunately, it's just it was a perfect um, just like a encapsulation enca- encapsulated the season perfectly with some of the things that went wrong against Montreal because 
nothing bounced their way. It is true. Nothing. I, I will say this because I've said this, and I believe this as a player. This season is not over yet because you're still mathematically in there. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> you have to, to do that. That's it. I know. That's, I know. If, again, if you let me finish, you're going to agree with what I just said. Can I? Can I please finish? This you're not sentence? mathematically uh, not eliminated. Mathematically eliminated. There has been nothing that I have seen to show me that that's going to be the case. They don't deserve it. Yeah, no. they don't. And, and they haven't deserved it for a while. But that's my only point is that it's not the seat. You can't say the season's done yet because it's not technically done. And then what it is, then we'll say it. And did I miss this? Where was Dwan Jones? Did I miss Hurt. That? Okay. He in picked training, up a knock right? in training going into okay. the game. So which, I, I, I mean, and that's, that's, another, just... that's another thing, too. You just piled that on. Yeah. So that's, that's a guy that could have changed that game. Agreed. So... I don't think the Revolution played that bad. They just lost. And, but it's yeah, they did, and they and they didn't do. They didn't finish. Well, they were they, they were they were a team of two halves. That first half, yeah, it was all you're, them. You're lighting up Montreal. But the point is, is that if those went in, that's a different game. They, exactly. But it wasn't. But hypothetically, for a show, that's the point, and that's right. probably been one of the glaring issues throughout the entire season. That's probably at the end of the day what separates the good from the great mm-hmm. in soccer, anyway. Mm-hmm. You and, know. And or so, average. So here's and I, here here were the stats for the first half. Montreal had one more shot. It was seven to six, but the Revs had oh the only shots on target that entire match uh, in the first half. So the Revs had two shots on tar- target out of the six shots they took. Montreal seven shots, none of them went on target. Second half now. The Revs. Well, Montreal woke up in the second half, and, and that's, that's, that's because you let them hang in. At, you have, yeah. as the game went on. You can't let on. that team hang around. They're they're a good team. They're a good team. Montreal's it, a good team. Looking at my notes, the first five ten minutes, it was pretty much all Montreal, in my opinion, and then the Revs really settled down. And they had multiple. To your point, they had two really good scoring they were chances. Playing well. the, la- the last thirty five minutes of that first half, it was all Revs. When when you don't get a goal there and you're playing a great team, yeah. which Montreal is right now, it, you just can't let it, it's it's going to come back to bite you at not scoring those goals. It's and took it goes, over, and it goes back again to what I said earlier. You're you're the MVP of the league last year. Your your number one guy has a gift, mm-hmm. a gift, and it, and it just nothing. There was some there was some counterattacks too that you're like, what what is going on here? And that it it, it just. Well, there was a lot of miscommunication not having Jones there. I mean, Kessler and Bell had a lot of communication issues throughout mm-hmm. the game. And you and it was fru- you could see it was frustrating the whole back line because people were out of position. At one point, you know, I know you said that you, you thought Montreal took over, but you know, as the game progressed, both sides were ugly. You know, as as we were, I'm just going back and you know, reading our thread through the match the other day and it's like Oh, it's not a great aesthetic soccer game. No, I, by any means, no. But at the same time, it's like you could have taken over that game at any point. And yeah. that's what Bruce that's pretty true. much said. The turning point of the game was when Montreal scores. Because yeah. whoever and, and that's what Bruce said going into halftime of that game. It was so ugly that whoever was going to score that first goal was going to win that that's game. That's a 1-0 game. And to my point, and I know you guys are agreeing with me, That's not. I'm not saying yeah. for an argument, but yeah. like, that heel goal goes in, mm-hmm. you win 1-0. Yeah. You know? That's that's a one nothing game. You're, you're correct, Tom. That's mm. exactly what it is. But that's the issue with this team right now. But, well, not right now. All year. All year. All year. And then after the game, you know, and, and then you have the controversy in the, before the Kyoto goal. You where, also can't win. Handball yeah. or not, you can't stop playing. Well, like, it, it, it happened earlier this year when yeah. Mike, Mike called, called out the refs for uh, not for playing for uh, – 
what's what's the phrase? Playing the whistle or not playing the whistle? Yeah, and it was like early in the season too, right? Wasn't I like think it was of, like a it was a, a Renix mistake. I think yes. it might have been Miami. Yeah, mm. one of the first few games of the year. It yeah. was early on in the season. I do remember that. And yeah, that's another. But that th- shows a a, a, men, a team that's not mentally it's just not ready. Mentally They're prepared. not there. And uh, you know, I know we're going to get into the future, you know, coming up, and I don't. I'm not going to jump ahead too far, but. I do want to just say, and for those who have listened to the show all season long, you know, we we do our best not to sugarcoat things, and we do our best to kind of give you a live, raw reaction from people that know the game pretty well, right? And uh, yes, it might have sound, it might sound really negative at times, but it's because you you recall what we see, you know, and we try to give you the other side of it. I do think there are better things ahead for this revolution club. I do believe that. I do believe, like I've been saying for months now that this was a bridge year you were going to lose too much you weren't going to be able to replace it i did not expect them to uh also then have any of their replacements not even be at all productive on this team i expected at least some type like a maybe make the back end of the playoffs uh but for it to fall apart this bad i think the team is basically at rock bottom and it will be fixed this offseason going into next year. I do believe that there is some pieces here that are still part of that Supporter Shield team that you you figure it out. You really got to sit down and, and crunch some things and it's probably make some tough decisions and get rid of some guys. And you're going to come back next year uh, with a much better team. Because you see it in the league all the time. Look at some of the top teams in the last few years and kind of their fall from grace. And, and, and maybe they weren't as good the following year. Uh, it, it's just unpredictable and it's disappointing. It's but, what happens yeah. to it. And as a player, too, you, it, I, I kind of want to defend them, but they know this, too. You're in the locker room. You're at this point of the season. You've lost, especially over the last two or three weeks, the results that have that have happened. Like They, they can't be happy with of where they're not. at right now either. And, and it's got to be a super negative in that locker room, too, even with the season not being over. I mean, as a player, you have to attack this by trying to get six points, trying to get yourself into there. Uh, into the playoffs, which is the main objective. But at the end of the day, if you're if they're if they're taking a lie detector test one by one, none of them are going to say this has been a good season. No, absolutely it's been, not. It's tough. It's tough to watch. With two games, you know, you you say the future is bright, and I know you're you're trying to find some type of positivity right think now, so, Mike. By the way, I just you have two I, games I, I'm left to jump. go. I know he doesn't think so. You have two games left to go here. Mm-hmm. Are you winning any of these games? You probably will. You, I mean, so you, you do think they pull one off before I, the end of the season? They've only won three games since August seven. Yeah, but this the, team has got is three, three wins, but Tom, five losses, two it, draws since be, August seventh. Wouldn't it be the perfect way to end the season with two wins? With things you couldn't have done for the last three months, and then it's like, okay, well, here's one last little turn of the knife, guys. We're gonna actually win these games. And I'm be like, still sticking ah. with what I said last week. If the Revolution players are listening. You want to extend the season for Tom Quinlan the fourth. That's yeah. that. That's your main objective. Maybe for you. Maybe for your fa- the fans. Maybe for your contract. But to win two, to have the teams lose that need to lose, and you sneak into the playoffs. So Tom has to say the New England Revolution are a playoff team in 2022. I mean, that would be amazing. Oh my have, God, it would be and terrible. The, and by the way, it's it's still possible. It's still possible. Regardless of whether you think it's going to happen or not, it's still possible. I don't know if you have them in front of you, but I would like to know the scenarios. So right now. I, Make sure that these are proper. Yeah. These well, it's it's not going to be proper until the last day. So as yeah. of right now, here's what the situation is okay. right now going into the second to last week before the end of the season. The Revolution According to 538, have a less than one percent chance okay. to make. Lloyd so Christmas, Lloyd Christmas. So you're saying there's a chance. The the E's not next bowl to cut. your name yet. S- sick bowl cut. Damn. You are sitting in eleventh place at nine. Oof. 
11, <laughs> and 12. Your goal differential is minus four. Okay? That doesn't mean anything. I think it does in tiebreakers. Charlotte oh, does in tiebreakers. Right. Actually, I think they go points per game, too. They factor that in. It's very stupid. They don't... MLS is... I can't stress this enough because I've been there. When you're in this scenario, it is not it's good. It's not fun. It's, it's not it's fun actually, at all. It's fun in the context of the conversation, though, You know, Tom, for sure. So, yeah. But, like, thinking back to playing days, man, this is, this is the worst spot Whoa, to be in. I've been there too many times. Awful. Go ahead. So, you are four points back of Miami for the final playoff spot. Sitting ahead of you is Charlotte, Atlanta, Columbus. So it helps you a little bit that you're playing Atlanta on October 1st. Okay? so Must win? They all are. Nicholas. <laughs> I love you. I, I know that, but... Hey, must, is it a must win? You're straining me <laughs> with two weeks to go. Okay? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. So... Mathematically, yeah, it's going to be a must-win because you're four points I'm back. Well, of course, I'm kidding. Okay, just making sure. You seem pretty serious. Uh, Do you, does does he not so understand toner inflection? Can we just get was, the scenarios. Was, damn it! I'm if gonna, you listen back to that, I I said must-win. Kidding. Of course. Okay. Uh, you're four points back of Miami. You're playing Atlanta. So again, as I was just saying, you beat Atlanta. You at least can assure that you move up to ninth place. Then uh, you have to see what Charlotte, Columbus, and Miami do. Now, what is Miami's schedule the rest of the way here? Miami plays Toronto, Orlando, Montreal. It's not an easy schedule. So they have to, but do these teams have to lose out? Is that? It's pretty much, you would have to, yeah. You If, if, if Miami wins, because you, you have six points on the table, so that would get you up to 44 you pretty much can't afford Miami to win any of these games. You can't afford Columbus to win any of these games. You need you, you need, need to them win to draw, or, yeah, yeah, or lose. So, is there like a goal? I wonder if the I don't know how the goal differential works on this situation, but regardless, it, it less than one percent chance means this season's probably over. Not mathematically, it's um, yeah, it's, it's trending in that direction. But again, Columbus has got to play goes the by right stats these days. Yeah. I mean, come are on. you a big um, are you a big end the season on a high note guy, or does it not matter? No, it doesn't matter. We the season already ended, and you know what? The wow, Bruce, for once in this life, I agree with Tom. Yeah. And, and Bruce Arena gave his year end press conference Let's at the go. at the end of the other night. This this was I again. We've stretched as much as we can. This should have been the entire show. These three minutes. It's a wild yeah. clip prompted by your question. We'll do it after this. New England Soccer Weekly on this Saturday. Welcome back on in. Hell Your yeah. New England Revolution have a less than 1% chance, ladies and gentlemen, to make it into MLS Cup playoffs. But at least you don't have to worry about that for the next couple of weeks here because you don't see MLS action again until October 1st when the Revolution return at home to take on Atlanta United, which that's going to be a national TV game. Oh, nice. No Feldman and Davies. Feldman and Davies did their uh, last um, broadcast Damn. for the local side on... Uh, Saturday. So you want to know why you two get along too? Because Tom has socks with sandals on today, and yeah. I, I am not a socks with sandals guy. If it's soccer socks and sandals after a game, different story. I'm just talking about in general socks. Yeah, just and comfort. Sandals. I just want comfort. I'm a big socks and sandals guy. You should be wearing like socks. I mean, open sandals at work anyway. Yeah. So the, I'll, I'll give you a pass there. But like socks oh, with I sandals to me, often. just I, I'm not a socks with sandals guy. Well, yeah, technically you're not my manager, so whatever you say just goes over my head. I like that. This is good. This is a good start to the day. <laughs> this is like a it's like a smack we're giving away SmackDown tickets on Hot 106. We get a preview here. Survivor series is gonna be awesome. In Boston. In Boston. I didn't even realize that was a day after SmackDown's in Providence. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Now pay per views are on Saturday. Yeah, which is something they should have done. Now Super Bowl's next. Move the Super Bowl to Saturday. Let's make this a thing. Saturday live events incredible. Sunday not so much. So when the season ends uh, on October 9th, you're not going to need Bruce Arena to do a uh, year end press conference. You got his thoughts on the season with me the other night after the loss to Montreal, which is what you asked for two weeks ago. I wanted honesty, because here's the thing: sometimes, and Bruce is always a fan, guys. He's a yeah. I mean, he put the. I mean, our the title of our show was in his answer. Tom's gonna be there on Thanksgiving. There are times where he answers and he answers like a dink, okay? And he answers in such a way I like it. that at Tom Quinlan the fourth. Yeah, that dink. is not me. That is not That's Mike. All right. He answers in a way that it's just it's it's almost pretentious. I'm better than you. It's cocky. It's arrogant. <laughs> but it's what's made this man the legend that he is in many respects, right? Um. This one, did you watch the video yes. itself? Yeah. Okay. When the question got asked, usually he's, you know, unless he's talking to Frank DeLapa, you know, he has a lot of reverence for, respect for, they've known each other for years. He's not paying attention to us. He's mm. looking at his watch. He's looking around. The second he heard what, what I said about what Carlos said, his old attitude changed. His old demeanor changed. Because it feels like he's been dealing with something with Carlos for this entire year. And anyways, from you know my own little, you know, perspective with you know no sourcing on that whatsoever, it just seems like there has been a rift there between those two. It just it it feels that's like the vibe you're getting. That's my that's that's vibe the getting. vibes yeah. I'm getting, yo. So I like it. I automatically felt a different type of energy from Bruce when he started talking about just the collective group as a whole. Um this year in response to Carlos's quote, which should we play Carlos's quote again? From, sure. To, to j- just set people up after the after the 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 loss to Houston, Carlos came out and said this about the team's playoff chances. Uh, we we lose many many games, many chances to to try to be there, and and, and yeah, I think we are not. Uh, Maybe we don't deserve to be in the playoff because uh, we, we, I think we are not now a competitive game, uh, team. Me, the first one, of course. So, yeah, it's difficult, difficult moment for, for everyone. So, okay, my interpretation of that at the time, and we talked about it last week, was... Listen to the show. Yeah. He, Carlos is pretty much resigned to the fact that 2022 is over, mm-hmm. you know, and and it kind of feels like he checked out, yeah. right? And we and you even said, I think, there there could be something lost in translation there mm-hmm. with Carlos, just the, the English barrier. So I, I just took it again, if you missed it, is I just thought he's just said they played bad, they don't deserve to make the playoffs if they play like that, and I agreed. Yeah, I think, I think the, uh, the, the, yeah, like I said before, the, the, the language barrier definitely makes it come off differently than what it, than what it actually sounds like. Right. Okay. Some people might have taken that and like him being like negative, like shooing it off or whatever. Yeah, but I, I think he, I think he's taking accountability for it and I, saying agreed. this team underperformed, we're disappointed. Mm-hmm. Not like, yeah, this we don't deserve to be there in like kind of like a negative way that some people on Twitter, of course, will run with. So again, we hear it. It's obviously there. Now, Bruce was going through the press conference after the game against Montreal, and it it hit me that, you know, you probably should ask him this because, uh, you know, it's a continuation now. Three straight losses after you beat New York City FC 3 nothing, You lose three straight. Your MVP feels this way. Bruce? 
Coach, you keep talking about the competitive, but competitiveness of your team after the game the other night, Carlos said, um, I think we, maybe we don't deserve to be in the playoffs because I don't think we're a competitive team now. Do you agree with that sentiment? Well, it, it depends on what, it, what he means by competitive. If he means uh, uh, results, we, uh, you, you could argue that. Our results haven't been good. Okay, and just stopping it there, I'm going to do stop, stop and starts because there's a lot here that I think you just need to unpack as it goes. That's the typical answer to try to get out of it. I mm-hmm. mean, what else would you mean? Yeah. You know, he would and just try to find the most basic response to this. Um, and then I follow up, you know, because it has become completely noticeable that the attitudes of these guys have shifted from 2021 to 2022. And this is where I think it gets a little bit more interesting. Players have been fine. We've we've just not been able to field our team this year. We've been behind the eight ball the whole time. You know, we get we get very good efforts every game out of uh, Farrell, Petrovic, Carlos, uh, Kessler, Polster. You know, these guys each and every game give everything they have. Sounds like Farrell's safe for twenty twenty three. And Kessler, our guy. And Kessler. And we know Carlos, of course, and Petro. I, I that's think all, that's also not what you asked, though. And Polster, you know, he's, yeah, not, he's also ducking he's, the question. He's vamping. So. He's yeah. not. He's he's not answering your question yet. He's not. But but at the same time, those are guys that he relies on. Mm. You know, and those are those seem like his guys, if you will. And, and a lot I'd of like people to get back to that in the, after yeah. after this. I'd like to pick, because I, I do think there's something to be said about that. Uh, my own personal opinion, I thought. Uh, last year we played well over our heads. Stop. Uh, and mm. I what? Wild statement. That's what? a wild thing to say about what? the about the single best season ever in MLS history. That's how you feel. Wow. I mean, so we played even, over our heads. Even if you want to take the humble route, 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 whatever here, Bruce, and say, yeah, we did something that we may never see again in this league. That's okay. You know, you can't expect to break the record every year. That's putting a negative connotation all, on the team last year. But it's also the way you say it yeah. by saying we played way over our head. I wouldn't say that. And are you saying that to take, like, shine off of what's happening right now? Or is this the team this year is what you thought your team more was so last was? Year. Eh, no, that weird. that is a wild weird take. sentence. I think uh, uh, some of our players never understood what what made them successful last year. Who are those players? What does that mean? Yeah. Some of our players didn't understand what made them successful last year. And you can't be talking about Turner, Tejan, or Buxa, because none of them are here. They're gone. You're not talking about Carlos. Are you talking maybe. about... Are, are, well, maybe you're talking about Carlos, yeah. Maybe. He might be a part of that conversation. Are you talking about Brandon Bay? Are you talking about Henry Kessler? In many respects, Probably. When you when your two center backs are the leading um, people who are conceding penalties the most, probably. Or is that a result of just negative overall culture in in the the locker room? We've talked about many times in this on you know this season, the body language hasn't been great. Yeah, but a lot whose of these fault guys. is that? Right. That's so. Again, this is. Reflecting, deflecting, deflecting is That's what I'm looking de- for. Yeah. Mike, I'm proud of you. Great I'm defense I'm working it mechanism. out live with you Very guys, good. but we're doing it. It's called workshop. Yeah, workshop. Good job.
and uh, and uh, you know caught up with them a little bit. But you know we've been, uh, you know, I, you can debate what, what you 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 the competitive phrase. Uh, but disappointing results. If you go through the season, uh, the the number of games we've actually blown, just screwed up, is incredible. If you can think about uh, the Red Bull here, when we had that version of an own goal at the end of the game. Okay, stop for a quick second. Um, so that had to make you pause for a second because it, that that that's a moment of truth right there that I wouldn't have expected a head coach to say. He, it's it's these games that live with him, you know, and it's like it, it's almost excuse making. Well, the, the whole answer has been an excuse so far. Yeah, but when you're going to a specific moment yeah, in the season that was overall wild. crap, it's, it, it, that, that's different. That's a little cuckoo. We love you, Bruce. Uh, the Philadelphia game right at the end. If you start adding up these points, it's it's actually remarkable. <laughs> but he is right, you know. <laughs> 20 he, is, he is right. That's a funny way of putting it, Don't though. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. But because he's like, you think about it, they've dropped 29 points. 29 points from a winning position yeah. this year. It's, so I guess at some point, wild. some of these games were remaining you had, right? I just hate the shoulda, woulda, couldas. But that's where you they're know, at. So we, we've shot ourselves in the foot. See? So I wouldn't say we're not competitive. I, I think we've just made some incredible uh, errors. And we've given up... Uh, and. And I haven't looked at this thing myself statistically, but I'm told 12 penalty kicks in the second half of the season. I think last year we gave up three the entire year. That's uh, that's a killer. So we've, you know, we've been in position to have an opportunity to get results the entire year. The snow game here against Salt Lake. I nah, that's, that's nothing to do with anything. You know, Mismanaged that game now. March. And, and yeah. it here and managed to blow that game. So there's been, you know, some really uh, uh, very specific poor reflection. play at the end of games this year. It's cost us dearly. And you can see right now the, the race is so close for the playoffs. Imagine if we had those points. Imagine if, Bruce. It's almost like you're a P1. All right, let's take a break. Shout out to the title of our show last week. Let's recap it a little bit more. Because is Bruce deflecting the blame from the players? Or is, let me ask you that. I want you to sit on this for the break. Is Bruce deflecting the blame for the players? Or is he finding a different way to put it on them? Hmm. After the break. Back with you, New England Soccer Weekly, Mike DeSilva. I'm calling, I almost called you Mike Quinlan. <laughs> I don't know why. Wow. Mike De Silva, Nick Giuliano, Tom Quinlan with you up until 8 a.m. That might be um, the meanest thing he's ever said to you. Well, I, I've ju- I just gave, I'm sharing my name with, with someone already, Tom. So. That's true, you are. Yes. You are married now, now. I'm now a married man, so. Does that feel weird? You know, not really. Uh, although this week we had one of our first public events since I've been married, uh, with a lot of people like in our building. That not I everyone was see. there, for the record. You know, not, not everybody everyone was, was there. there yep. but there was a lot of people there, and uh, <laughs> because I'm still getting used to wearing a ring when I shower, I take the ring off. It's mm. like a little little freedom for the finger there for a little bit. Yeah. Left it in the shower, so I was at a public event with no wedding ring on, and a uh, little suspect. It was not. Everyone was saying, "Oh, congratulations on the wedding, Mike!" Yeah, I had to keep my hands in the pocket. On the road to divorce already. No, Very good. no, wow, no, no, we're not she, putting that out yeah. there. I mean, she it was, was just a funny little anecdote. No, she, you know, it's funny because I texted her right away. To, I'm like, "Can you at least please retrieve the ring for me?" And I apologize. She's like, "You are an idiot," and I'm like, "You are correct." That's why Mike's a good guy because obviously we went to, to this function last night, and he might have said over under. 
28 times how bad he felt. I think the good thing is that people are still not used to seeing me with the ring on anyway, so it wasn't like people were looking for it. Otherwise, like, if you're 10 years into a marriage and you go out without a ring on, people are probably like, that's weird. Mm. But still new to me. Anyways, so, I digress. after the uh, game the other night, we just heard the comments from Bruce Arena talking about how, hey, our players are playing great. We've just dropped points at, you know, uh, terrible times in games this year. And maybe our guys forgot what made them good last year, even though that they really probably weren't all that good. And that's a really confusing statement. But we're just going to ignore it and try to figure out what the hell he really means for what this means for 2022 anyways. And maybe get him at a longer date where he talks about what 2021 really was in his eyes. Um. I think there's only one place that he can look. If you're going to go out there and say guys like Andrew Farrell, who a lot of people in this area are critical of, Henry Kessler, Matt Polster, Carlos Hill, if you're going to go out there and, and, and say those guys have been playing great, then the, you've got to fall on the sword for this one, mm-hmm. Bruce. You've got to fall on the sword for roster management. You've got to fall on the sword for not getting guys like Barrero and Bo back into the mix sooner. And maybe even Turner. Going all the way back. Going all the way. If we're going to go back and talk about the RSL game, let's he go did. back and yeah. let's go back in time and talk about the U.S. Men's National Team deciding to play a freaking game in Minnesota, and you putting your star goalkeeper out there with frostbite. Well, not him, but U.S. Soccer doing that. And then you know what? I and there's a lot of people that still feel this way that the Turner injury came from. That. But well, anyways, frostbite gate was it was just electric time, and Tom was right in the middle. I of loved it. it. It was the best. So the training staff, I believe, somebody's getting fired at the end of this year. Somebody is losing their job, whether it be somebody as a scout, whether it be somebody that is a trainer. I mean, you're not going to fire any of the coaches, right? Shari is the um, I think he's a lifer. assumed next head coach after yeah. Bruce. You're not going after Richie. You're not going after I mean, Bruce ain't going anywhere. So um, my question after hearing all of that is... He's got to fall on the sword. He's got to own it. It's him. It's very interesting to me, after a season of really not saying much, the thing that stood out to me is Bruce Arena kind of copying to the fact of all these points left like on the board, mm. the 29 points or whatever. So if he's aware of that, mm-hmm. my question is, why? What, what was what was tried? Yeah. To rectify that. What what if you're aware of all of these things, if that's something that you're actively saying into a microphone that we did this wrong, this was a this was a problem for us, why has it been a consistent problem for months now? Well, what has been done to change that? I think that there were efforts made in in some of the roster changes that were made, but they just were not very well done. They just the the, the guys that they bring it they brought in, the veterans they brought in, they were supposed to be maybe the band-aid this year. Right, they were maybe just the guys that saying, "Hey, we're losing these, you know, these, these incredible talent, but we're going to bring in some of these guys that we know have done it in this league before that can maybe give us depth and give us some type of, uh, you know, patch patch the hole until next year, this next off season where they're going to probably try to lock in another guy like Tejan, another guy like Adam." Well, the thing is, is that there, this was always going to be a bridge year. I well, I think that's it. that, that might, we might have to debate for a different show, but. The, the, the biggest problem is that your three guys that you brought in domestically were almost nepotism takes. You brought in Josie because you coached Josie for Red Bulls when he was a teenager. And you thought that you could recreate some magic with Josie when you had him in New York. You brought in Omar because he was your boy out in L.A. 
And he was your boy with the U.S. men's national team. Sebastian Legette wasn't doing all that great with the L.A. Galaxy after Bruce Arena left L.A. So Bruce said, all right, let me bring back one of the young studs that U.S. soccer should be capitalizing on him here. And then let me reinvent him, reinvigorate his career, get him back in the mix for uh, the U.S. men's national team. Those were those were almost nepotism-esque type takes because Bruce had those guys in the past and he thought because they played for him that magic is always going to be there. You know, they're always just going to get it. So And what's glaring is that two of those players didn't finish out the season gone. and the other one probably shouldn't have gotten any playing time anyway. Well, we here's the that thing. pretty quick. Josie is still on the roster. He'll still be back he's here next loan. year. He's on loan in Yeah, Mexico, he's on he's yeah. on loan in Mexico with Puebla. So yeah. You have to still deal with Josie at some level, and you're still eating that contract. You know, and remember, Toronto wanted him off the roster so badly that they were willing to eat some of that contract with you. So, all of this is comes back to so all three of those moves are a miss, and they all fall on Bruce's lap. Um, I still, again, I know you disagree, Tom. I still don't fully put Barrero and Veroni as a miss. Just I'm, be- I'm going to save Barrero and Veroni for a second. Got it. Okay. Ishmael Tajiri Shradi. We haven't seen him. Haven't seen him. That goes with what the other two I just said. Injured. Um, Christian McCoon sucks. Mm. I can't watch. I, I'm not Last a fan. Last couple of games have been a little. I, bit I don't. Better. Th- I don't. I wouldn't put that I blanket do, I, statement. I, I, I don't I, think I that's true. I did think his. I, we, I was very vocal about his first couple performances that were very bad. I thought he was terrible. And that could have been new Maybe system, his, new place. His last he, he, game or two have been yeah. better, not good or great at all. Better, I think so too. I think that you saw some things. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I think that's way too harsh. Okay, I still think we're wishy washy on him. I'm saying it's a negative still over a positive. I agree. So McCoon, I can go with that. It's Ishmael Tajiri Shradi. Yes. Um, I don't think we've seen him enough. Josie, to like say that. Omar, Sebastian, and here's why we'll throw Veroni and Barrero in there. Not because of their own individual play. It goes back to scouting. Did you not know? Veroni was hurt before you bought him? Yeah. Did you not know Barrero might have been dealing with some lingering hamstring issues, even though it says his leg, before you bought him? Those are things you need to know. You Agreed. Need, like, and, and here's another thing. Why are we going after an Albanian unknown? Yeah, who doesn't get it? He didn't get any playing time in Juventus for a reason. Like, I mean, barely any. Why wouldn't the Revs go and get a guy that is on par with name recognition as a Gareth Bale. Yeah. Yes, I understand Turf Monster and all the LA. other Money, surrounding money's things. There. Money's there. The money's money. there. They, the league would make would help facilitate it. This was the, like, that was, out of all of the money that you've made between selling off Turner, between selling off Books, between selling off Barrero, you needed to go out there and get a name that was going to be an impact player of a guy that could come in here and automatically change things. And you went out there and get Veroni? I mean, it was such a letdown. That might it, almost be the biggest disappointment of the season for me. But do you think that has to do with the fact that it this is just an it was another band-aid? It was another like, hey, we're getting desperate. We gotta give we gotta give this this fan base something. Right, because they did So let's 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 shiny up this dirty penny and say, hey, we look at we found this in the dirt. This guy played for Juventus, he was he was in Syria. A. Well, I mean, we all not fell for it, but we were all excited to see what this person would bring it, to the table it too. It did. It, it did their job until the guy just didn't start. He didn't play. It is now interesting, and I, it might be personnel. This is where Tom and you, Mike, you just know more about the players out there than I do overseas. But to to Tom's point, with all of that money you got from three players, 
to not have a name you should be able to bring in someone that can that is known that could make people and not bring somebody in automatically yeah yeah Buxo was gone the last week of may you could have had somebody in here the first week of june and clearly we know now that it was like he this is not something that just happened. Like they knew he was going. Right. Yeah. So you weren't prepared. So it goes back to management. That's who eats this. Bruce. Well, I'd like to debate here because it's a show, but Tom just named, I'm going to just say seven players or six players, not including Petrovich, which would be the only hit. Right. You you go one for seven. Not great. Not not great. I mean, terrible. Fail. So Major now the fail. question is is the window closed? Is the window closed? Very interesting comments coming out of the Bent Musket that I want to get to next. Close out the show. All right, closing out the show. New England Soccer Weekly. Let's one. get right yeah, to it. Good. No, no, it's not actually. So um, <laughs> we're wrapping. Alone. The Revs are not back in action until uh, October first. Mike, Nick, and Tom with you. Um, and on Revolution Recap, after the Revs lost to Montreal on Saturday night. Uh, one nothing at Gillette Stadium. Seth Maycomer had this really, I, I thought, interesting comment uh, on the podcast on Revolution Recap with uh, Sean Donahue saying the, uh, the window to win was last year, and that window to win might be closed forever. You have to go for it. I, I, I honestly, I, I mentioned this a few times in various places. I think that obviously – uh, 2021 was a missed opportunity. Like that was your opportunity to host MLS Cup, hosting MLS Cup. I mean, that's a great opportunity to win it because you're playing in front of you. Maybe possibly sell out that entire stadium. You know, like that's a great opportunity to kind of show that we're the, that. A, a new team. That we have this brand new crest. We have this brand new training facility. We have three DPs. Like we're not the revolution that you once thought we were. And then to come out in 2022. They basically proved that they were the revolution that they've always been, you know? Mm. Did we get cleared for that audio? Yeah, we did. Okay. Really interesting take there. Uh, not a bad one at all. Like, it's hard to disagree. Uh, hosting the MLS Cup, they uh, I don't remember in 2002 how that worked, if it was just that Gillette Stadium was going to host uh, the, the MLS Cup regardless. The Revs did happen to make the final that year and lost to the Galaxy. I was there. It was a 55, 60,000 person uh, match, and it was absolutely electric. Losing that opportunity last year was devastating. Like, with, it, it, does, it, it was devastating. With the buildup, with the fit, you saw the, we talked about it every week that more and more people were into it, into were, it. wanted to see it, wanted to ask questions, wanted to go to the games. So you, you had everybody in the palm of your hands. Seth is completely right that a missed opportunity is a perfect way to put it because that could have changed the trajectory of soccer in New England forever if they were able to do that. And even if they did it and lost, yes. like to host that game and to have 70,000 people there. They can't lose again, though. I we, I just cannot see the revs losing to them. But, but my point, but, but I, even I, just I, to I, get I, there, got I, it. Just yeah, to get there, I get, I, that's I, my point. To have that moment, I just had like a flashback to all the MLS Cups. It, it, it's lost. very, it's tough for this fan base, and this we're going to carry this into next week because you have that season you did last year. You have the the most points ever. You have the supporter shield. Everyone's excited. You're one and done. And then yeah. you follow it up with this where we're doing math with two games to go. Really extensive I mean, math, too. Yeah. I don't want to... Uh, and even from a roster standpoint, I don't mean to cut you off, but even from a roster standpoint, yeah. you... you, you 
You have the money and the capital and the clout going into this year to go get stars, and you didn't. I don't think, the to, to put a little bow on the whole uh, clip you just played, I don't think the window was closed. I don't either. And I don't think that's necessarily what he was saying. I think he was saying this, this year was just such a letdown, and last year was the year to do it. Yeah, completely agree. Last year was the year. It doesn't mean it's going to be the only year. I do think this year, obviously, a complete disappointment, but there are... Guys, going back to the couple segments back with Bruce's statement, the guys that he named, I do think those are the guys you're going to see this team being built around next but year. But I don't know if this team is necessarily going to be good next year. Well, I think- okay, and here's why. Okay, let me just explain real quick. Gustavo Bo, unreliable. And I think he proved that over these last few weeks. You needed him as a star to come out and carry this team, especially with Carlos going with what Carlos is going through, and he didn't do it. Carlos, I don't know if he's going to be here long term. There's something in my he gut that be. tells me there's not there's not he a good relationship be, and there. And I'll tell you why. Gustavo Bo is a guy I don't know if he's going to be here long term. I think he is somebody, like I said, there's going to be tough decisions made. I think the, he named those names for a reason. If those are the, you have your two center backs, you have your captain, you have your guy, your your, your go-to center midfielder guy, and bolster, do you think he didn't name keeper? You think he didn't name Jones because he knows he's gone too? Probably he might not be a part of his plan, and I don't think that's the correct move. I think Dewan Jones is somebody you should keep here, but there's not much. The, any other guy on this team, I think, is expendable, and it's not going to be easy decisions. But building a team isn't easy, and I think that Gustavo Bo this year was if they came out and they were even remotely close to the team they were last year, maybe he sees out the rest of his time. I think he's back to Argentina next year. That's going to be my guess. I think he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild or a team that's going to be a whole new look. I think maybe that's their way of getting some money back. You free up a DP position and he's gone. He would be doing the organization a favor. I think it's a possibility. If Gustavo Bo left this team, and but he he loves it here. And but I if, love him, but it's it just might be the difficult decision you have to make if you want to if you don't want that window to close. You can't count on a guy in his early 30s to mid 30s that can't stay on the field, and he's and he's taking up a very important roster position. And to expand on that, for the three years we've covered him at least, the the first two years coming off an injury, we saw production. This year, saw anything team, but that. The team was D-E-D. No, I'm talking about, yeah, from yeah. Bo specifically, right, right. though, coming off of this injury, it was less than. It was, it a was feeling. The only thing that you took away from Bo this year coming off an injury is when he was not offside, you were surprised. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And and that's you know what that is? That's a lack of focus. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're offsides that often, you're not paying attention. I'm sorry. As a striker, Mental you need to be aware of where that last defender is is at all times. Mental mistakes. And they even tried moving Bo the other night. They, they, Which they I tried liked. to have I said him sit to back a little bit I more. I liked the move there because again, he we needs go to back. be engaged. We've Bingo. been saying this for 3 years. I, you're right. You're right. He needs to be engaged. He's you're not right. somebody actually, that can linger. We're right. We are right. Yes. As a squad. Does this mean the window's closed? I think it does. Do, do I? Does that mean that I think <laughs> I love from it. the standpoint of the league is getting better, and the league is, is? and and you're gonna have teams like Charlotte and Miami continue to invest in stars and Atlanta continue to invest in high profile. So stars. I know that they missed. What now, do you have to compete against that? I know they missed this season, but what's to say with all this money that they can't do the same thing? A couple of difficult because, decisions because they had the this they had the money this year to do it and they didn't do it. It was a you miss. knew what you were losing. You knew what you were losing and when you were losing it. And this is the, what you came out with. And the only thing that we've got that is anything of a resemblance of a success of this year is Georgie Petrovich. That's it. Which we saw way too much of this season. Yeah. you know, and that even even the game against Montreal, yeah. again, he's he was a few saves away from that being a four 0 game. And it, just incredible how good he is. We don't want him to have to be that good all the time. But he might not be here next year. I <laughs> really, he, I mean, if there's a team desperate enough, 
I mean, if that you really want a good shot stopper, he came in here and it was a seamless transition. Remember, I think he might be better than Turner. It's it. I think there's an argument to be made there. I think some of the things he did, especially his last two months, I think there is an argument to be made there. I I, I genuinely believe that. And we love Matt, and he did incredible things in New England. He and, and he's going to do incredible things for the national team and hopefully Arsenal down the road. But uh, George A. That dude is a baller, man. Like he is ridiculous. You, you can't at, teach you, that. You cannot teach that. <laughs> no, you cannot, Enzo. <laughs> yes, Enzo Romari. But yeah, uh, real one. Window is Wait, not closed. Wait, what? That's a wrestling thing? That's a wrestling oh, reference. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. Window's not closed. Window's closed for me. Is the window closed for you? F- forever? No. Like, do you think this current this current uh, regime, regime, the Bruce era, the, the, the you know the guys of the Carlos Hill and that they can win? Do you, Tom's saying that this window that we saw in the supporter shield yeah. last year, he thinks the window's closed. Yeah, I I mean I think that's. He thinks they're I, in rebuild. I would never say yes to that. What are my right. favorite questions in sports? Rebuild or reload? We'll see you next week, boys and girls. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby of the whole school. It yeah, just I hurt see. me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.